podcast here strength talking shop uh, my guest this week is chris romano he is the head strength and conditioning coach at walton high school um chris is also a very uh, well-known olympic lifter this is a really good episode he kind of talks about why he uh why and how he trains his high school athletes a little bit about his olympic lifting and how he olympic lifts his athletes in the high school ranks I think this is a really good episode, uh, like all the episodes that we have here. I just want to thank Chris so much for being on the podcast. Uh, make sure you guys rate, uh, subscribe, and share the podcast. Again, this podcast was created to help people, uh, for them to learn, um, and just to truly grow uh, strength and conditioning, fitness, uh, bodybuilding, powerlifting, uh, whatever you do. Uh, so we're to highlight good coaches and good content out there. So really appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast especially with everything that's going on with the world. I hope you and your family are safe. Uh, you guys are in my thoughts and prayers. So reach out to Chris, a great coach, a great resource, if you're looking for some great information. Um, and always stay strong. What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop podcast. Uh, my guest this week is uh, Chris Romano, uh, somebody that I've really followed for a long time. Chris, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, how's the uh, the life going? You know, we're all on lockdown, shut down with this coronavirus. How's you and your family doing? Yeah, we're doing pretty well. My wife's working uh, remotely, and so I'm basically home with the two kids. She stays upstairs for most of the day. Um, so I'm, a, I'm an elementary and preschool teacher right now. <laughs> nice. Well, good family time. So, uh, Chris, let's exactly. uh, let's go ahead and dive in a little bit. Why don't you give the listeners a little bit of, a, you know, where you started, um, you know, and how you got to where you're at today. Okay, so, um, well, right now I'm, I'm the strength and conditioning coach at Walton High School um, in suburban Atlanta, Cobb County. Um, school's got about 3,000 kids. Uh, we win a few state championships in uh, various sports every year. Um, just built a brand new weight room. Um a lot of uh, Cox County schools got new weight rooms this year. We were fortunate to be one of them. And uh, so I'm helping the kids out there, uh, do some training with kids at, at my house as well. I, I used to own Atlanta Strength and Conditioning, um, where I focus on athlete one-on-one training, but also had to have some group fitness classes and stuff to uh, cover bills. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, built, I built my reputation up with that. Uh, before that, I was... Uh, head coach at another local gym in Atlanta. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, done done a couple internships in pro baseball, um, hoping to eventually get into into that full time. Perfect, awesome. Talk to me a little bit about the beginnings there when you're kind of running your own facility and and now into the transition of you know you, know, you said you deal with over three thousand uh, high school kids. Kind of talk to me a little bit about that transition. So I um. I'd always wanted to own my, own my own gym and worked really hard um, to get to that point. Out of, um, out of college, I, my, my first degree was, was in economics, mm-hmm. and so um, I was a pitcher as well and blew my UCL out and fell back on my econ degree and um, worked in the financial sector uh, for the first 10 years and really just didn't like it, wanted to be back into sports and stuff, and um, 
you know, saved up money. And at around 2013, my wife and I were at a pretty good place and uh, financially where we could give up my career in finances and, um, and move towards coaching. And so since 2016, I've been full-time in the coaching uh, strength conditioning field. Um, before that, I was part-time. And finally opened my own gym in 2016 in July and um, thought that was what I wanted to do. And then I, um, through USA Weightlifting, decided to start working with some high school athletes and sent their high school packet, info packet, uh, to my old high school, which is right down the road from where my gym was and from my house. And uh, got an email back right away from, from Coach Bruner, the head football coach there. And so they brought me in to start working with the football team in, on, on the Queens. And so that kind of snowballed into working with the, you know, the basketball team and the baseball team and, and other athletes at the school. And um, it was pretty cool because I got to I got to coach in the weight room that I originally learned how to, to do all of the weightlifting. Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then this year we uh, used uh, with, with some special tax money, um, built a $150,000 brand new weight room uh, with Sornex. And um, so I got to coach the very last class in my old weight room and obviously the first uh, class in the new weight room. It was pretty special being that that was where I actually learned how to start lifting here. That's pretty awesome, man. Talk to me a little bit about how you set up that culture. You know, you said you started out with the football team. You, know, you slowly, you know, kind of built those relationships with the sport coaches and, you know, administrators and stuff like that. How did you kind of build that culture with your athletes and, you know, kind of getting that buy-in and stuff like that? Um, a lot of it at the start came came from Coach Bruner. Um, yeah. He's, he's a very unique uh, football coach in high school, you know, from other coaches that I've seen. And, um, I mean, the kids, the kids absolutely love him. Like, everything he says is gold to them. And so when he brought me in, you know, he introduced me as, you know, a USA weightlifting coach who, um, at the time I had not competed yet at the world level, um, but I competed at Pan Ams and, um, national level as, as, as a master weightlifter. And, uh, so he, you know, he introduced me to the kids like that. And, um, from the kids that I've asked about it, like the buy-in, that kind of sold them right away that, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And I post a lot on social media. And so most of the kids follow me on, on Instagram and, and, uh, you know, so they see me lift and they see me train. And I started training at the school as well, um, with some of the other coaches. And so it's kind of leading and, you know, leading from out in front, right. you know, um, I would do a lot of the same workouts that I prescribed the kids. And so they see the coaches doing it, you know, they're, they're more, more likely to want to, you know, trust in the program as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's something that uh, it's kind of a secret sauce a little bit. I think, uh, you know, being a, uh, you know, you're somebody that competed. I'm somebody that competes too as well in a sport. I feel like that is a, not only does it help you understand your athletes, but all kind of, also kind of gives you a little bit of that credibility um, with the athletes, like you just said. You know, I'm sure that was a right. huge drawing point with you with the kids. Well, and, and also, like, coming from the, the competitive Olympic weightlifting side, there's their drills and, and and teaching techniques that we use on that on you know on that side to to teach the proper catch position, for example, 
right, that hasn't really caught on very well in, in strength, uh, strength and conditioning community. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think it's just that most or a lot of coaches haven't been exposed to competitive Olympic weightlifting. You know, for example, when when I first, you know, I, I run through a whole progression on claims. And, you know, once 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 the kids advance past the med ball and I, and I give them a, a barbell to use, the first thing that we do is it's called a queen finish. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not familiar with that with that drill, the, the way we set it up at, at Walton, you know, we've got the um, the Sornix, uh, the safety straps in all of our racks. And so I'll set the bar I'll set the bar at a height in that rack where the athlete stands on their tiptoes with with straight arms at the top of the shrug and they drop under the bar, you know, rack it in the proper position before they stand up. Mm. And so it's teaching it's teaching them to have the bar in the proper position before they ever actually go from the ground or go from the hang. I like that. Um, and so, so starting with that, the kids, right, like we started everybody over from scratch. Um, when I, when I first started working with them, the kids saw immediate results because now they were, they were getting the bar in the, in the proper position, which makes it a lot easier for them to stand, stand the weight up. Um, and I'm, I'm fortunate where the, the culture at the school before I got there in 2016, or in uh, 2018, I'm sorry, before I got there, the the coaches were already big on full range of motion, you know, so like the, the quarter squats and that kind of stuff, that that was never an issue. At least at least with the football team it was. Right. Um, you know, so it was easy to start the football team, you know, with the football team, it was easy to, for them to start seeing results. And... The other other athletes from the other sports programs at the school took note of it, and so it was like, oh, now we get to work with Coach Chris, so he, you know, he's going to help us get stronger. Right, it just kind of builds upon and builds upon until everybody's kind of on the same wavelength as uh, you know maybe football was there at the beginning. That's good stuff. Exactly, and then you know to even take that a step further, um, one of the at, at the time he was a freshman, he uh, really developed a, 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 a real interest in, in weightlifting. And um, he's one of our top football players and top wrestlers as well. Um, he asked, if, you know, how we could go about getting involved in a, in a competition. And I said, well, you know, I've, I've got to teach you how to snatch. I've got to teach you how to jerk and everything. Um, and he's he's a high-level athlete for a high schooler and picked it up immediately and ended up, after a few months, qualifying for junior nationals wow. when, he was, when he was only 15 years old. That's awesome. So the, kid, the kids also saw that. And, and they saw his results and stuff, and um, you know it was, it was, the buy-in from there was easy. Yeah, so that kind of—I I wonder about that. So you know, you're—you've had these kids since you know 2016, you said. So, in kind of like your time span, you know, how has it kind of progressed from when you first were with those kids to now? Like, as far as like you know, the kid's a freshman and now he's going to be a senior. You know, what kind of progression are you using with those kids and, and, and how you, are you tracking that stuff and, and everything like that? That's kind of where I – because you get those kids for those four years, you know, unless they move away, obviously. Right. right. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we track it. it. It's very old school. Right. Um, you know, at, at our school, we, you know, we spend a lot of money on the, on the weight room, but we don't have – we don't have the technology in the weight room. You know, like, I would love it if we could get something like Team Builder or, you know, one of those type platforms, but it's all pen and paper right now. Um, so each, each sport, each 
sport coach has different things that they want to track and um you know they'll track it so it's like you know take football for example you know after, after each lift the kids will record their their numbers for their main lift of the day um you know and, and we'll look at it that way we use for strength um we use a basic variation of the of the 531 when the program mm-hmm. um for the other sports for basketball and baseball we modify it a little bit um and and you know do a couple drop sets and stuff like that with uh, after they get you know get through it. Okay, okay. So you know work. You know Olympic weightlifting. You know it's something that some coaches are really scared about. What are some maybe the misconceptions that you think that you know maybe sh- you know strength coaches could be using in their weight rooms, especially with the high school athlete. You know because I mean this is my thought process behind it. You know if you're gonna have a kid from his, you know you get some kids they'll. You know, like my high school that I went to, we started lifting in eighth grade with the, with the high school coaches. So we started learning how to clean, you know, with a dowel rod in, in eighth grade, and then it progressed to, you know, a hand clean into a full power clean by the time you were a, a sophomore. Um, you know, my thought process is, is that you're going to have a kid for four years. You can build, really build up those Olympic lifts because you got time, you know, with them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you- you know, I, I think there's a couple parts to it. Um, it's, and I understand why why some coaches are, are hesitant on, on starting Olympic lifting. Um, you, you've got to be comfortable with the movements yourself, right? And you've got to be, and you've got to be confident in your ability to properly train them. Um, you know, and, and and I think having somebody on staff that has gone through like the USA weightlifting level one and stuff like that is, is big help. Um. Just, you know, for the fact of, of teaching teaching the progressions, because it's not something that you're going to get out of, you know, uh, going to a weekend clinic or taking the CSCS. It's not stuff that's taught in this. Um, you know, so if, if you're comfortable teaching it and you understand how to program it, then I think it, it's very beneficial. Um, you know, we, for, for us, we, we started, now I've been working with our fifth graders. Wow. So, um, as of it was the end of end of end of uh, February, we started the the program where the fifth graders come in, fifth, sixth, and seventh graders come in every Tuesday and Thursday. And so, um, you know, we, we we started them out on you know basic squat for for uh, basic squats and then basic basic clean progressions. And so, right now, obviously, we're not able to um, to do it. And I, I was out at spring training. Uh, with 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 a minor league uh, program, and so we haven't done anything with them because of the virus and stuff um, in the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But where we left off was they were they were working on the med ball clinics. That's awesome. So by the time you know they're starting in fifth grade, by the time they come to ninth grade, they're already rolling in the program. Right, they're ready. They're ready to roll. Yeah. Exactly. In the way in the way we're set up. Um, the, the, the major sports have weight training as a class at our school. Okay. And we're not on block schedule, so I've got kids every day. You know, the football team comes in, well, I guess right now this semester, baseball team comes in second period, um, football, offense is third period, defense is fourth period, basketball is fifth period. So I've got, you know, I've got, I've got five classes a week with these kids and, um, you know, really can have them rolling through it. Especially with the football players in the fall, the freshmen have their own class. 
where we've, you know, in the past we've had to start in the summer to teach them the progression to get them up to speed. But now going forward, they're going to already be there when, when they come to us. Right. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you kind of developed those. I mean, you kind of just dived into it a little bit. What have you found that has really helped these kids out when, when you're getting them in the high school ranks? You know, what are some, some things that you've kind of seen over the years that have really, really helped them out a lot? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it's just keep it simple. Yeah. Like good advice. Our our school, like I mean, we're we're one of the top schools in, in the state as far as like academics, and a lot of them have physics as a freshman. So when they ask me questions on you know on why we do certain things, I'm able to explain it to them at a at a fairly high level. Which I'm fortunate with the group of kids that I get to work with that I'm able to do that because. When I can put it in the perspective for them, you know, based on stuff that they've had in, in, in their science classes, then you see, you see the light click. And, mm-hmm. that, and, you know, that also helps with the buy-in. So, um, but, yeah. no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, and, and, and basic, just keeping everything simple. Like, there's no need to overcomplicate stuff. They're, they're kids, and you got to remember that. They're not, they're not professional athletes. They're... Their kids, they're in high school, you know, do no harm. You know, don't try to get creative in, in an area that you're not an expert in. Right. Kind of keep things in, in, in a nice box and let's not let's not get out of that box too much because we know that these certain things are going to kind of, I mean, these are the things that are going to work. You know, why, you know, that's where I kind of, I think too, in that mindset of let's keep it as simple as we can. You know, if we throw all this stuff at the wall, yeah, I mean, some of it's going to stick, but the majority of it's not going to stick. And what if that some of that stuff gets that kid hurt? Because, you know, my thought process, too, is like, you know, let's say you throw a bunch at a kid that's a freshman. You know, what what if, what are they going to be like in three years, four years, but also 20 years down the road, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, you, as far as, like, the Olympic weightlifting goes, right? Yeah. If, 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 you, if you're – in a situation that you've got the time to, to teach them and develop them, then, then it, you know, and you're confident in doing that, then yeah, go for it. But if, say, you're on a block schedule and you don't really have a lot of experience, you know, in the Olympic lifts, and you don't have the time to teach it, you don't have a middle school or an elementary school program feeding into you, you know, there's other ways to, to achieve the same results that you can through the Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the analogy of, you know, there's there's multiple ways to get from you know here to California, right? One way is a lot more efficient. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that's that's why I, I prefer the Olympic lifts. Yeah, but I've also got the background. Right. I like that though because I mean you have that background in the Olympic lifts. You know, obviously you're very high, you know, highly uh, competition in them and stuff like that. But you're not completely married to them. You understand that there's, you know, there's other avenues to everything. I think that's something that a lot of coaches kind of need to need to take in for granted or understand. You know that there's a lot of different ways that you can do stuff. Right. I mean, like I, I personally, I love snatching. Um, that's one of my favorite favorite things to do personally. Yeah. I don't, I don't have our athletes in school doing that. Um, there's a few that I do. There, you know, there's some specific situations. Um, you know, where kids will come in for extra work because they want to know how to do it. They, you know, they see it on my Instagram that I'm snatching or, 
they've got some interest and, in, in, you know, follow some of the Olympians and stuff and they want to learn it. And so they'll come in for some extra work and, and I'm happy to teach it to them. And then I can add it to their program, you know, but as a whole, I don't, you know, I don't have our baseball team snatching, for example. Now they do clean. But as far as the snatch and the jerk out, I don't have most of our athletes on them. Even though I'm a big fan and, and I love the Olympic weightlifting. Yeah, that's so valuable, though, what you just said, because you like it, you personally like it, but you're not just going to force it into your program because you want to. I think too many times you'll see coaches that have, uh, you'll see a kid's workout for the day, and it's got you know almost 20 exercises. You're like, how in the heck is this kid going to even get through this workout? And it's because the coach just wants to throw as many exercises as they can in there because they're like, they don't know how to properly, one, program, but number two, they don't understand like the uh, – you know, what, what they're making for the athlete. And I mean, I, I see that quite a, quite a bit as, as a big issue in, in the field of high school strength and conditioning. Yeah. Because you've got, there's a lot of info out there online. I mean, we all know that some of us good, some of us bad. And, you know, you might see something that you think is cool and a, and a, and a great idea in a, in a video on Twitter, but it, it's not going to really benefit your athletes. And if you don't, if you don't have the background to understand why it doesn't benefit it, you could be doing more harm than good. So, you know, I, I personally, I just like to stick to the simple stuff. Yeah, I think it's super important. You have to understand your why behind everything. Um, you know, somebody I used to right. work for said that, you know, everything on your exercise list should have, should be a seven layer dip. I should understand seven reasons why you're doing something. That always kind of stuck with me because I think, like you just said, there's too many times where, you know, too much is thrown on somebody, and it might not be, they might not get hurt tomorrow, you know, especially high school kids, because you know, a lot of them can compensate for things. They might not get hurt tomorrow, but what if they get hurt, you know, five years from now or 20 years from now because, you know, they got a herniated disc or something like that? Right. I mean, and that goes back to the, you know, there's multiple ways to achieve the same result. Right. You know, you just got to, if, if, if you have an understanding of the purpose and function of each movement, it helps you to program a lot safer and more effective for your assets, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, see, I see a lot of coaches that they want to program stuff like box jumps as conditioning. <laughs> wow. It's, that's not what it's for. Yeah. You know, or I'll see, I'll see some, you know, some, some coaches will program, you know, sets of 10 power things. That's, that's not what it's for. You know, and, and, and I think, in the high school realm, at least, there needs to be a lot more education from area experts, you know, not not just general general stuff, um, you know, and, and there's no regulation over it, so, you know, that, that's kind of a, a, you know, wishful thinking, I guess, um, <laughs> but that, that'll lead down a different rabbit hole that we're, than, we're, than we're talking about anyway. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, I mean, so... How much of an off season are you getting with these kids? Are or, or a lot of them, you know, mul- I mean, high school kids, multiple sports athletes. Are they constantly in se- in season with the programming? You know, how does that kind of fit? You know, with your guys' high school, it it, it varies. Right. Uh, there's not a, there's not a specific answer for that one at our school because I mean, we we've got the luxury of, of, of having three thousand plus kids, you know, to draw from to make up each one of our teams. Um, you know, a lot of smaller schools, they only have so many athletes, you know, and they've got to fill all the rosters. 
So a lot of our a lot of our kids, you know, they'll they'll like for you know just keep going back to football again. You know, a lot of the football players um, they'll do track or at least they'll practice with the track team in the spring. Um, you know, some of them will play play soccer. Some of them will go play rec basketball. You know, I, I think the vast majority of our athletes, at least at least the ones that play a lot, are multi sport athletes. And it's something that most of the coaches at, at our school, including myself, strongly encourage. Um, even, for example, probably our top athlete at the school, um, most likely, he's a sophomore. He's already committed um, to a major D1 baseball program. He's a catcher and first baseman. Um, most likely, all the projections are he'll, he'll probably be a first-round pick when he graduates. He also plays football. He's gotten offers from D1 teams in major conferences for football. And that's his second sport. Um, you know, so for an athlete like him, he doesn't really have a lot of off-season time. But at least in, in the weight room, I'm able to, you know, if we're in baseball season right now, he lifts with the football team. So I can help make adjustments for him from the football workout that are more applicable to being in season for baseball. Gotcha, gotcha. Because our teams live together. They're, they're not, they're not, for the most part, they're not mixed up. Um, which I know a lot of schools don't have that luxury either. Um, you know, so I'm fortunate to be in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. How, how do you battle, you know, the, you know, the kids from, maybe they're going to go do some extra stuff. Maybe they're going to do, they're going to do club things. Do you kind of do you account for that stuff too, as well, for the kid, and as far as like the load management and everything? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, I I I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with with most of our athletes. Um, you know, I I make it a point to interact with every one of the kids in each class. And for example, in one of the football classes, we have 43, 43 athletes in that class. Wow. Um, you know, so I try to talk to them, like, you know, I get to know them and talk to them about their, you know, their, like, for example, one of the football players plays rec basketball. You know, I'll ask him, hey, when's your next game? I don't. You know, how's practice going for basketball? This way, at least from a stress management level, I know what kind of volume he needs. And I know what to expect out of, out of his training session that day. Right. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a, a, one guy that plays rec baseball. And he's in he's in the basketball class, and I'll I'll write different programming for him based on when he's got games, when he pitched, and um, you know make sure he's not doing stuff that he shouldn't be doing just because he's playing a different sport at a rec level versus you know playing on the high school basketball team. Gotcha. Um, you know, I, I think the hardest part as far as like off seasons go are for the sports that. That have big travel influences. Mm. You know, um, in this in this area uh, of the country, travel baseball is huge, and those kids don't really get an option. So I've got to, you know, I've got to factor that in when when they're in the weight room with me. Yeah, we might not be in season as, as a baseball program, but these kids are still playing. You know, so I've got to factor that in. I can't have them do a bunch of shoulder movements you know if, if they're pitching later that day right like like johnny on saturday could have played 
You know, I've heard of kids playing four, five, six games on a Saturday, and then they go play three or four on Sunday. You know, almost right. ten games over a weekend, and I mean, like that's un- I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that is so that's so much fatigue built up in a kid. I don't care how old the kid is. That's gonna be so. That's a really important thing on our side, I think, to understand the stresses that are put on these kids. Like you said, I mean, they're never getting a break. Right. Like I've got I've got a pitcher, for example. Um, he, you know, he's, he's a really good pitcher. He's a freshman. Um, last, you know, last semester in the fall was the first time I got to work with him and he's in the baseball lift and we go, I mean, we go heavy for baseball in the off season. Mm-hmm. And I believe we were doing, I think, I think we were cleaning that day. And he's like, Hey coach, you know, I, I pitched, I pitched a lot on Sunday. I actually threw a complete game shutout on Sunday. You know, my shoulder's sore. You know, should I be doing this? And I said, absolutely not. You know, why don't we do arm care with the bands instead of instead of even lifting? You know, you need you need a day off, right? Um, you know, so having that understanding and and being involved. I sit, so I sit on the bench for a lot of our teams, um, and then I'm also the JD pitching coach for baseball, and I'm looking at everything from like a biomechanics standpoint to help the coaches out. And, um, you know, having a basic understanding of, of how our, our sport teams function in the games and in practices really is a big asset in the later. Are you? you? Know, if, if, I know the, if I know the training load that somebody had at, you know, at football practice and we're squatting heavy tomorrow, you know, I, I know that I need to kind of, you know, bring it back a little bit. Yeah, you just nailed it on the head right there because I think that's a big thing that I see get lost in the sauce a little bit is, you know, I heard Buddy Morris talk about this. He was talking about his players in, in training camp, how, you know, he's got to get some of these guys in the in the best shape because some of them didn't do anything maybe in the offseason during the toughest time when they're doing the most on field. You know, he's got to try and get them better in the weight room. So, like, the weight room – you know, from my eyes, should always complement the field. The field doesn't always complement the weight room. So I think that's huge, man, that you can look into that and see, all right, you know, Johnny, he really killed it yesterday at football practice. Maybe my, you know, 90% squats probably shouldn't be happening today, you know? Right, and I mean, I I think a lot of, at least a lot of strength pushes that, that I choose on a regular basis, a lot of them don't, you know, they, they kind of lose the concept of, you know, the, the weight room is secondary. These guys are athletes in a specific sport. Absolutely. You know, and I mean, to be honest with you, like, like we were talking about before, I've been fortunate and I've gotten a, a little bit of experience with pro baseball clubs. And one one thing that I've, I've actually noticed from it is the, um, you know, even your top athletes, some of your, some of your really, you know, guys that, have a chance to make an all-star team, they don't like to lift. Yeah. You know, and you can't force them to, and you don't want to force them to do something that they're not comfortable with. They're, at that level, they're there because they're really good. And it's your job to support them and, and help them where you can. But you got to understand, they're not getting, they're not getting paid, you know, or like, you know, in, in, in the school setting, they're not getting a scholarship or potential scholarship because of what they're doing in the weight room. They're going to to do what they're doing on the field or the court. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I think that is 
absolutely massive for coaches to understand that we are just a, like you said, we are to just help them on the field. I think back to my own self, my, my personal self. I, I was never the best athlete, um, but I loved, I absolutely loved the weight room um, in high school and, and in college and stuff like that. Um, the weight room never really helped me be a better football player. You know, it made me, you know, probably better as a person and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, what made me a better football player was going out and actually playing football. Right, exactly. So. You know, and, and, and the other thing that, you know, for, for the for the ones that I, I do the programming for, the injury prevention is, is, is a key part, especially in season. Yeah. You know, and, you know, for the for the kids that they don't like to lift, and so, for example, our, our basketball team, um, I, I, I work, I do a lot of work with them. And when I first started working with them, they they really didn't do anything in the weight room. It was more of like a, almost like a, a period where they, you know, came in, did a little bit and, and just talked about basketball. And, um, you know, I, I started teaching them how to move and, you know, we've got a high school basketball team. Every single one of them squats below parallel in a safe form. Um, you know, and, 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 I, and I explained it to them, the full range of your, your, your joints, if you get hit, or if you trip over someone and somebody lands on you and, and, and your hip is in this position and you're used to training in that position, you're less likely to get hurt. <laughs> you know, and, and and you see their eyes light up when you, when you, when you, when you explain it to them like that. And, um, you know, so then they start training the way I want them to train. And, um, I, you know, I, I think looking at it from that, from that standpoint, yeah, especially this season, you know, we're not, we're not trying to, I don't care what they can squat as a number, right? I want them to do it. So, yeah, they're going to get a little bit stronger. They're going to get a little more powerful. But they're not going to get hurt on the court or in my weight room. Yeah, and that's the main thing. You don't, Like, you want to keep the weight room as safe as possible. It's a, it's a place to build an athlete up, not to tear them down. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up because, you know, it makes me think back, you know, I just – I visited a track and field coach uh, not too long ago, and some of his athletes were kind of complaining, like, hey, I'm not running as fast as, like, so-and-so at so-and-so school. Well, he's like, well, yeah, it's the beginning of the season. Like, we're building for you to peak. Like, your your times are going to be here on this, you know, at this time. This is, If I've properly coached you correctly, right? Sure enough, I followed up a few weeks. You know, that, that kid had won conference and everything. The numbers were on the tee. Is because he had a good coaching eye and knew that, yeah, those people at the beginning of the season might be running ultra-fast times. Those people petered off at the end and weren't even near the platform. You were. You know what I mean? Right. So, well, and, and I, I think, like, at least in my situation, being there at, at the games and, 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 you know, at the event and getting a, getting a good understanding of which other teams are the other top teams Right, yeah. Because then I can program. I can program around the important games. You know, so like for example, our, our basketball team this year, um, we made. I want to make sure I, I get this right. I think it was the first time since '95 that we hosted a home state playoff game in basketball. You know, we we had, we had the best season that we've had in a long time, and that's including a really bad run over Christmas break where a couple of the kids had a flu and strep throat. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and 
the whole time, you know, they're like, Coach, you know, we have a game tonight. We're lifting heavy today. You know, I, I, I said, well, the real season hasn't started yet. You know, that's, that's regional play. <laughs> you know, we, we have to look at the important games. And right now, I'm trying to get you guys to peak when we need to play those other teams. Yep. You know, this, this game isn't as important. Let's peak during playoffs. Let's, let's peak, peak during the tournament. And, um, and that's what we did. And, you know, that being said, I've, I, I've, I've gotten to the point where these kids actually, most of them, believe in lifting on game day. Huge. And, I mean, it, it, you see a big difference in it when we have, a, say, say a game, you know, tournament on, on a weekend, right, like over Thanksgiving or over Christmas when, um, you know, when we don't have access to the weight room. And so – the performance was, was was lower over those breaks than during the regular season when um you know when we could lift lift in the afternoon and then have a have a three to four hour break and then and then play the game at night. How much do you draw draw from that? You know, getting those athletes to peak like you're just talking about right now. From even like your own experience of being an Olympic lifter. I mean, you talked a little bit about your accolades a little bit ago. I mean, you were at the a very high level as far as lifting. Did you draw any, you know, draw some of from your own experience into that a little bit? Uh, I mean, it's different. Olympic lifting competitively is different because, I mean, the lift is the is the game, right? Um, right. You know, I, I do what I do use that for is like right now, some of the kids are freaking out because you know we haven't had school in two weeks and they don't have any weights at home. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm you know I'm trying to get across point to them of, you know, power and speed are going to be the first thing to, to deteriorate. Your strength and your endurance, you know, you can go, you can realistically go three to four weeks before you start to see that actually deteriorate. And so I'll, you know, I'll use examples of, you know, prepping for, for Worlds last year, you know, I did a week and a half taper leading up to it. And I PR, I, I PR'd my clean injury. You know, where I really didn't lift much in between, in between, you know, my last heavy training session a week and a half before the meet. But wow. yeah, my strength was there and I was fresh and I, and I was able to be successful with it. You know, and so I can use it for that. Um, you know, a lot of it I'll, I'll, I'll use more of my experience, um, you know, working, working, I, I, I interned with uh, a D1 football team as well that they lift on, on game day. And the, um, I, I did a, a short internship with the with the Braves last summer, and you know some of them were looking on game day, and um, you know you, use a couple names that the kids are familiar with, and you know ah. point out that well they're doing they're doing it, you know, so there's got to be something to it, you know if they're doing if they're looking on game day, you can also look on game day, you know we might not be doing the same movement because they're professional and you're in high school. But the the concept of it is the same. Absolutely, yeah. So, what are some of the resources that you kind of draw from? Um, you know, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Uh, where do you kind of b- pull some of your stuff from? Uh, right now, reading and watching and stuff is uh, like Peppa Pig and, and stuff like that with my kids. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm I'm actually I'm finishing up my master's degree um, with at Lagrange College. And a lot of the stuff that that uh, that I use is directly related to that. Um, 
you know, especially. So I've I've got three certifications in nutrition, and so I try to I try to talk as much as I can to the kids about proper nutrition and and, and nutrient timing and, and stuff like that. And we're finally get, getting a lot of them on board with that. Um, you know, having having some protein and carbs, you know, right after the workout, as opposed to you know lifting and then going to your next class, next two classes, for example, and then going to practice, and then wondering, well, why why am I tired of practice? And um, you know, that's been a big part of, of, of the master's program is is learning that kind of stuff in, in detail. And um, so, a lot of what I'm reading right now is is, is through that through that program. Perfect. Where do you kind of, where do you kind of pull some of your? I know you mentioned five three one. You know what what kind of stuff are you pulling for your training? Um, for the for the Olympic lifts with the um, with with my teams, a lot of it comes from uh, my background with Michael Cohen. Uh, so Michael Cohen, for people that aren't familiar with with Olympic weightlifting, he um, he's one of the only people that have been the head coach for the for Team USA for Olympic weightlifting at the Olympics um, two times. And he's coached a lot of Olympians, and he's my coach for when I compete. And, um, you know, so I'll use some of the complexes that, that he's had me do that, that really helped with the strength. Um, you know, for the, for, for the power lift, you know, squat, deadlift, and, and, uh, and bench, 531 is what I, I my primary go-to. Um, I've modified it a little bit just in my experience. I've, I found that, especially with the high school kids, having that one plus or that three plus a lot of the, they see the plus as optional. And so what, what I'll do with some of them is I'll have, you know, say on the, on the, on the, the three, three, three week, or the, sorry, the three, three, three plus week. Yeah. I'll make it two extra sets of three. So instead of three sets of three with the last one being the plus, they'll have four sets of three. Gotcha. And keep the percent the same. And I'll, them, I'll say, Hey, look, you know, you might not get that third rep of, of, of your last set, but I at least want you there to try it. And, um, you know, this way they're still getting, they're still getting that. And, and we're really big on, on, you know, proper rest period based on, 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 on the load for the day. Um, you know, so everybody's pretty much in a good, a good position to get that extra set in. I like it, man. I like um, that. And, and then with some of the sports too, I'll, I'll put, you know, if, if you don't get that third rep, then, then you've got a set of 10 after a three minute rest. At fifty percent, yeah. This way, they at least get some more reps in at, at a lighter load. Right, I like that, man. Big fan of five three one. I just ran that on my uh, my last powerlifting meet that I had, and it was uh, my first time really using it. Pretty big fan of it. I might mess with it a little bit, like you got it. Might have to dive a little more into that with you off the off the podcast here. So, um, oh, absolutely. We're gonna wind down here a little bit, guys. Uh, so, Chris. Uh, people want to reach out to you. Um, how can they reach out to you and get get in contact with you? Um, I'm always on on uh, Twitter and, and Instagram. Um, Coach Chris underscore um, C O A C H C R I S underscore. So no agent Chris. Perfect. Reach out to him, guys. This is a good guy. Um, really smart. A um, lot of experience. Um, Lifting himself, but then coaching too as well. I mean, I, 
Chris, I can just hear it in your voice, man. You got the you got the good coach and I. You, you got the you got the good one. Hey, I hope so. <laughs> well, everybody, reach out to him. Um, excited, very excited that I had him on today. Somebody that I've been really wanting to talk to and, and kind of learn from and everything. So make sure you reach out to him. I reach out to our past guests, and uh, always stay strong.